It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in Grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your AirPods in It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has that knowledge on fire Player, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. Brought to you by the, by the Up On Game Podcast Network. That one stumbled out of my mouth for a little bit. But it's the guys. It's your boy, James Jackson, Jake Galley, Kyle Sirik, and Stat Matt Robinson. We are now officially in the NFL offseason. Football's over. I think I saw the calendar today. What was it? 204 days or something like that. Sounds about right. That's the start of the NFL season. So it's going to be a long journey, gentlemen. <laughs> you know what's crazy, and I think we might talk about it a little later, is that usually we're like, oh, this is, we're heading to the part of the year where it's only baseball. Oh, really? Are you like oh, nothing? Are you like a whole bunch of nothing now? Oh, summer's <laughs> going to be brutal. So give, give us another last dance. Drop drop another documentary. They will. Trust me. We need, we need something to happen. But it's the NFL offseason because not only did the Rams win the Super Bowl, but Jake's ticket hit. So yes, let, let's just plug the best bets for a second because that's, that's a big one for you. Take your victory lap, sir. Well, well, what's crazy is, I mean, I actually put real life money on the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Ended up being fifty to win eight hundred. I hedged like a few times against the Rams just to protect myself along the way, so I, I take back a little less than that. But um, remember, we also did like our best NFL bets at the start of the year. I gave out Rams uh, to win the NFC plus eight fifty. That one came home too. So mm-hmm. just a good year. Not, I didn't really have actually like in terms of long term bets. I usually have more, um, but I, I can't complain, man. How can't about complain. that one, man? We'll take it. On, it's on the next year. Someone told me the Eagles are winning next year. That's what I heard. And, That's what I had that on good and, and this is what happens when we let Jake go. <laughs> just a little bit too far. But we got to break down that Super Bowl that just happened. The Rams uh, beat Joe ba- Joe Burrow and the Bengals. We were all hyped for that Super Bowl. And really, like the, I think the best way for us to go about this is really just like let the stats kind of take us through the game, right? Like how the stats really shape the Super Bowl. So the first way really, – like we we can go about it is Joe Burrow. It says in the in the script only went uh, for two hundred sixty three yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. At the end of the day, it was not enough. Like we we said, like Joe Burrow needed to have this this big game. He needed to overcome his offensive line. And the, the last play of the well, game is a microcosm of that. He just he just couldn't. It was we we said what two fifty two touchdowns and zero and, interceptions. And, mm-hmm. Or one, one interception. One, one, one yeah. And realistically, like, I mean, Mixon throws Higgins that touchdown, but, like, that's probably, like, that's Joe, like more, more times than not, you can count right. that as a passing touchdown going to be Joe Burrow's touchdown. So, like, he kind of did his part. We'll get into it. It wasn't enough, um, as we had talked about earlier. It's tough. It's funny. Everything comes full circle. Not When we were talking the draft, no one was thinking Bengals Super Bowl contender, but it was O-line versus wide receiver. What do you mm-hmm. do? And on top of that, like, the reason the stats were there, he's under constant pressure. Sacked seven times, probably under pressure another ten times, just forcing. Yeah, the, you know, the Rams had a pass rush win rate of eighty-two <laughs> percent on brand, which is the That's highest ridiculous. of any team this entire season in yeah. any game. Um, obviously, the Bengals don't re- don't regret not taking Penesuo, right? Because they made the Super Bowls their best, tied for their best season in the history of their franchise. So, it's. So it's the game kind of play. We kept saying on this podcast, like every week, at some point the O line's going to break. At some point the O line's going to break. And it did. It did. And it did. At, and the, at the very last second, because they had to play Aaron Donald. I don't. You. They might. I agree with you. They might not regret not taking Penny Sewell, but like this is how you end up in an Andrew Luck esque situation. Joe Burrow just endured one of the most sack seasons. I don't know. I think maybe fourth most in a season, um, including playoffs. He's been sacked a ton. You now have to get your next whatever whatever you fill in for left tackle or, or right tackle or whatever you're going to attack on your offensive line. You have to get it right. You can't miss on the pick. You cannot miss on the signing because now you're two, three years in the hole of Joe Burrow getting beat up. And that leads to, like I said, like an Andrew Buck, and Carson Wentz situation. So this is the best chance to win 
when you're not when you're paying your yeah. star quarterback a rookie contract. Well, but, right. but here's what they did is they put themselves ahead of the eight ball for their own rebuilding schedule. Look what they That's got fair. out in front of. They got the best quarterback they were going to get up until now. They got the best probably wide receiver that they're going to get up until now. And now what you do when you go into these drafts that don't have these these crazy high projected skill players is I go get my offensive lineman, do what the Dallas Cowboys did. A couple of years ago, we may just go five straight drafts of just going all linemen and because our, our core is still young. So I think it's good. And they all performed when they should. Like Joe Burrow hit like like the, the, the players performed. T Higgins had his big game, two touchdowns. He hit on the big Jamar Chase play, um, you know, over Jalen Ramsey. And then Joe Burrow doesn't throw an interception. And even the non T Higgins Jamar Chase targets go four four. He goes 14 of 18 for 80 yards and no TDs to them as well. So like, you know, still able to spread the ball and, and, and find other receivers. It's just at the end of the day, the well broke or the dam broke his offensive line broke, and Aaron Donald got through. And you, I mean, remember another thing we talked about, you mentioned the wide receivers. So they, it was 14 of 18, but like 80 yards, zero touchdowns on, on 14 receptions. Um, to his non, like, to his non big like targets. Four and a half yards per attempt. Yeah. That's true. So, Check down. So, Remember, we had said, like, oh, you know, you could make an argument the Bengals actually have better weapons through and through than the Rams. And when you look on the other side, you have Odell Beckham Jr., who, James, you and I, maybe Kyle, too, need to take a – Matt, I'm sorry, you're the only one left out of this (laughs) – need to take a victory lap because Odell Mm. Beckham showed up once again in a massive moment. Unfortunately, he has that ACL tear. But all the Rams wide receivers had at least two catches and at minimum four targets, all of them. Yeah. Uh, so they were able to kind of step up and show their depth, and, and, and that was, I think, another really big swing in the game. And this was a Rams offense that could not run the ball to save their lives. Yeah, nothing. So when, I was, like, screaming at the TV, like, what is McVay doing? He's right. just running into the line every single down until the final drive, really. Uh, they had uh, 10 carries for 21 yards, and they hadn't had, like, a positive rush play yeah. until – very near the very end. The, the, very, the very first drive of the game, they go they, they're short or third and medium, and they run the ball. And I'm, what, what is going on? We're already starting the, the questionable play calling. I didn't understand. Well, that was it. a third and long. I think they were just looking to punt it. I, I, I yeah. understood, but like I have the offense to, to me at right. least go and try. I think to it was like start third and game. 17, though. Was it really? Like, yeah. Was it really? Because I remember questioning the the, the run so I much. Don't, I don't know if I would. If we're talking about the same play, I, regardless though, neither team could run the ball. I would just going out on a limb. I would be pretty sure and pretty certain saying this was the worst rushing performance on both sides of the ball in any Super Bowl. Mixon did ever? Not really. I lost my bet. <laughs> Wasn't Acres still the leading rusher of the game? No, no. Mixon had like seventy-one yards. Did he really? Yeah. So I must have missed that. Yeah, point. he had fifteen for seventy-two. Acres had thirteen for twenty-one. Um, someone Tough. the next day was like, Game Makers is still working his way to get out right. of the Super Bowl. So 1.9 the yards. Bengals, <laughs> the Bengals the had four rushing yards per game or per carry, and the Rams had 1.9. That's ridiculous. But I, I think overall, going back to the game, going back to the Odell Beckham point, this game happened exactly pretty much how it should have. The Rams were the more talented team. They could abuse more weaknesses of the Bengals, and they did just that, right? And I would even argue if Odell doesn't go down because he was the mismatch guy. You could see that in the first half. I know it was only two catches, but he was the mismatch guy. He mm-hmm. was like, they can even focus Cooper Cup. Odell's going to go off. And he was. I think if he doesn't get hurt, they probably win that game by double digits. I, so, I, I mean, I remember all around, they were just better. Later in the game, Stafford threw a pass to Van Jefferson. He tried to one-hand it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, that's where they need Odell. Yeah, 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 Odell yeah. And he just bounced off his hand because Van Jefferson is an Odell. And, and I said right when Odell went down, I was like, it was one play went by. And my friend Chuck actually made fun of me when I said it because I was like, this offense looks a lot different when Odell's not on the field. He's like, there's one play. How did you see that? But I was like, no, just look at the makeup of it. Because now all of a sudden it's like Cooper Cup, a deep threat of Van Jefferson, and what else? Like, yeah. what, what else is going Skoranek on? or whoever is running around that. And I'm, I'm very much okay with Cooper Cup getting the Super Bowl MVP. I think he, the stats are going to back it up. That's going to what you're going to be able to look back on and say, like, he, he read the. I still the think Aaron, I was more upset at the moment. Okay. But, but here's Do the, you know here's how it works? With, let me interject real quick go, because go, I think this is messed up. The way the Super Bowl MVP voting works is all the guys have to have their ballot in by the two-minute warning. True story. I mean, that doesn't make sense. Gotta, True story. Well, that's gotta, how it works. Like, what if the game goes overtime, right? Like, it, this is how it goes. It's and, weird. And, and that's and that, and that's, I guess even more to that logic, I, I guess it, it's going to have to go to Cooper Cup. But Cooper Cup, I, the I, worst I, passer rating of any Super Bowl MVP ever. That that <laughs> sure, but 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 listen, like. 
Aaron Donald completely like put his stamps all over that game. And there was a right. moment like that the switch flipped and he understood that I need I need to go and win this game. I don't know if it was the skirmish on the sideline. I don't know if it was when he saw the Rams try the, the Philly special and then and it it'd go completely awry. But there was a point where Aaron Donald said, like, the offense is sputtering again, like they've done for the past two games. They're sputtering again, and he didn't wait until deep, deep in the game to start to just completely put it in the defensive favor. And that's what like helped the Rams. That's not going to show up on paper, but that's what Aaron Donald did. I could see him like physically lock in and take that game over. So like Cooper cup's going to take the hardware home, but it you could see Aaron Donald. Like it to was me, the, the most like, underrated the sequence of the game is so uh, first play of the second half T Higgins touchdown. Then like two plays later bounces off Skolonic's hands and it's intercepted. If the Bengals score a touchdown there, I think the Rams are just completely floundering and Donald had two sacks once on like when when the skirmish happened, and the second was on like a third and three, or second and three that made it like third and eleven, and the holding them to a field goal there. If they don't do that, I think they lose. And I know the play at the end of the game and the two plays at the end of the game because like, stopping P Ryan and the pressure that forced the game Why to is completion. Why mm-hmm. By the way, that's another story. <laughs> but like those, else to get into the the those are the three biggest plays of the game to me you could obviously there's you can make an argument for the cup touchdown against apple but i just i i wanted to see i actually had a tweet ready to put up for, <laughs> for, our, for our thing about uh, aaron donald super bowl mvp set and they said cooper cup I was like oh crap i need to yeah, go get a cooper but cup like, it was just uh someone of that caliber in NFL history deserved that award. And I was saying Cooper Cup didn't. I was just kind of bummed in the moment. Mm, okay. There was a, a heated debate going around. Not even the one that we're going to get to later. This one actually just, just popped up into my head. But does does this Super Bowl ring put Aaron Donald into Lawrence Taylor air? Yes. He's the best defensive lineman of all time. Tackle. I think I Tackle. I, I, I think I'm ready to say lineman. Like, you, like he is able to do pretty consistently. My dad's going to fight you about Reggie yeah. White. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an Eagles so fan. So you have, you have Reggie, a Bolo, White. Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor. Don't tell say, me you have a Bolo well, Lawrence but here's Taylor. The thing, here's the thing about Reggie White is that and he and Aaron Donald are kind of the same in this regard where they can go inside or outside, whereas Lawrence Taylor, as dominant as them, he only really I, – I, he's more of a linebacker edge rusher, mm-hmm. like strictly coming off the edge versus a guy like Reggie White or a guy like Aaron Donald, which what makes him so special. You know, Bruce Allen I know is up there in terms of sacks too, but like those two guys – Anywhere Bruce you Smith. put them is – say again who? Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bruce Smith. Anywhere you put those guys on the defensive line, it's going to be a mismatch. So, I, I mean, I mean that's kind of an understatement. But, yeah, I, I'm ready to say it. I'm ready. Like, what, what, what I'm is ready, – I'm ready to put him in that tier. I, I don't know if – He's in that tier. Yeah, I don't know if anyone can, can right. be definitively better than Lawrence Taylor, especially because, especially because we didn't, like, really watch him play. Like, the people who really watch him play is like, man, like – it's 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 undisputable. He's a bit like if Bill Belichick is like Bill Belichick won't even have the discussion. If you ask him <laughs> who the best defensive player, he's like, no, I, it's Lawrence Taylor. It's like, how dare you? Well, like, that's that's the same reason I'm saying Aaron Donald. Yeah, I mean, who's gonna check me? It's like, no, that's like, true. Yeah, like the, the the things that I've seen, but you know, I I think watch him take over. Like it's it's so hard for a defensive lineman, a defensive tackle to like noticeably impact a game and take over a game. And I watched Aaron Donald doing it in the Super Bowl. I don't know if I've ever seen a defensive tackle do that in a, in a stage like that. Ridiculous. Like I've never watched it. it Seven was, straight all pros. That doesn't happen in any position. I mean, despite the is, the, defensive tackle, which the, is a hard position to stand out of. Yeah, yeah I maybe mean, the hardest. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous. Um, another Aaron Donald thing is I, I love the movies making right now where he's like saying he might retire or the reports are coming out because he needs to get paid more money. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the eighth highest paid defensive tackle, and he's probably the best defensive lineman in the last 25, he, 30 he, years. He's he watching a lot of big contracts go around him. Yeah. He's watching a lot of people make a lot of it's money tough. on that team. I don't think he retires, but I love the power move because he still has three years left on his on his deal. And at minimum, all it gets him is a free training camp. He doesn't have to go into training camp. That's still a win uh, <laughs> if, if it all resolves Beautiful. how it is now. One of those, one of those teammates who – has a lot of money around him is one Matt Stafford, who is the center of a very hot debate that we, one. we absolutely have to have. Um, actually, Uncle Richard Sherman brought it up. So we're going to start with his quote. Um, he first goes in to Matthew, Matthew Stafford and, and says, there's no measuring stick that makes Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer. 
except for being in the most passer-happy offense in, in the last decade of the NFL. And then doubles down with it with the stats, which is what we appreciate of the podcast. He goes to say no all-decade team, no all-pro, no MVP, only one Pro Bowl, not even an MVP of the Super Bowl, dot, 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 never considered the best in any season that he played. And think of the quarterbacks that he has to play in his era. We don't have I've to listen. I, I just have a quick conspiracy theory. I think this is like a subtweet about Russell Wilson because he's still mad about the interception. Yeah, that's pretty. Matt, that's, that's pretty, pretty conspiracy. Hole. I don't even. That's like, rabbit like, hole. Like, that, I'm not even. I'm just throwing it out there. I actually I, like that. I, to, I like that. I think it, I see it. That, anyway, I, I really don't. I really don't. But I we're not. We're not to hate on Matt Stafford. We are not going. We're not going to interject this with that. We're not. We're not. I just wanted to put that out there. I don't want to have a discussion. Listen, listen. The the discussion we need to have right now is Richard Sherman right. Is Matthew Stafford not a Hall of Famer, or do you think Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer? If he were to retire right now, I don't think Matthew Stafford's a Hall of Famer. No. The the difference is, though, is that we need to raise the bar on this. Now the league has changed, right? These A bunch of these quarterbacks. Now, last year the debate was Phillip Rivers, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you look back at it, there's only been 27 quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. There's three you can really chalk in now, Kurt Warner, Peyton. Is he in officially? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you have Brady. Peyton's in. Peyton, yeah, no. Brady, Ben, and Eli, you kind of have to put in. But even no. Eli was just, he's going to get in, though. I'm so look, anti- Matt, Matt, Matt talking to men. He's going to get in. He's in. But that's, that's the but, barometer. This is right? what we need to do. We need to raise the standards. It's only really been four or five guys every decade that comes out. And now the way the league is going, Matthew Stafford is stuck between these generations. Mm-hmm. The Payton and the Brady's and the Re- Ben was before him. And now you have the Mahomes and the all these guys right mm. after him. So I don't think you could say it. And I understand he's going to probably finish like top seven, top six all time in passing yards. Okay. Well, Philip Rivers, there, there is Phillip a, Rivers is too. There, there's a case there, to be made for the like hall of fame is not yet. the quarterback hall of fame. Right? There's a better case for Philip Rivers than Stafford. Right. And so, I wouldn't put Rivers. In now there. with that being said, I said, I don't think he's a hall of famer. I think he will be. I think he needs one or two more good seasons. Maybe one more super bowl appearance. I don't even think he needs to win a super bowl. And he's in no doubt because the stats are just going to be there. But in the fact that Eli Manning has had a 500 regular season win loss and he's going to get in, Matthew Stafford is under that. He's like 46 percent. It's on the Lions. That's fine. If he was on a that's fine. Team, he'd be a five. Like if but you that happens. His, his and Aaron Rodgers' career. What do you think would be their accolades? Because like I'm going to tell you, I don't think Matthew Stafford for the Matthew bulk of his Stafford career was would have anywhere more near Aaron Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers does, which is one. And now they have. He would the same. not. He would not have an MVP if he was a Packer. Right. Okay. But regardless, I I, I think he's, this is what I'm talking about, raising the standards. Here, how about this for standard? He is top five. He's currently fourth in yards per game. More than Peyton Manning, more than Brady, more than Marino. You could pick and up what? a quarterback. And what was the stat? Passing yards per game. Okay. Cool. So, That's fine. So, okay. And Mahomes he's will good. be higher than him. Josh Allen will be higher than him. Joe Burrow will be higher than him. All these new guys are going to be higher than him. The game has changed. You need to up what it's you're a, looking at I, i'm done with yards as a barometer for the hall of fame what about joe flacco has more career passing yards well, than joe montana so here's here's what i wanted to get into because this is i was going to bring this argument up he's going to be top 10 in yards completions and touchdowns like bona fide if he plays three more years he's going to be top 10 it'll probably be closer to five because the lions were losing by a lot so we threw I, like 50 times i got a little scared though bringing this argument up when i'm looking at the list of all time passing yard leaders i'm scrolling down there's a name at number 30. I think I could give you – I'm not going to let you guess because I could. You, we'd be here all day. Number 30 in all-time passing yards in the NFL, Andy Dalton. Mm, exactly. Mm. It's a little petrifying when mm. you read that. But understand this. Like We say the same thing about Mahomes when we were talking about the GOAT conversation. Matt Stafford is on the best team in the NFL right now. The Andy, team that just right. won the Super Bowl right. in the best passing offense in the league, one of them. Like, he's going to be here for two, three more years. If he wins another Super Bowl, we could stop this discussion. Yeah. No, no, so, Stafford, Stafford could become a Hall of Famer. I don't think he is. I don't right think now. He's right very now. close is what I will um, but, rest on. And I don't want to, like, kind of kind of crap on what Stafford did because what Stafford did this playoffs is really incredible because the Rams had no running game the entire postseason, and he led them to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And so you obviously get credit for it. Eli did the same thing in 2011. He carried the 2011 Giants to the Super Bowl, too. I don't think one really good playoff run deserves you for the uh, Hall of Fame. But I also don't want to, like, get bogged down into, oh, he has to be this. Otherwise, why can't we just, like, oh, he was really good. It all, it, everything in sports now has to be, like, all or nothing. Right. He's not the GOAT, so he's trash. And it's just <laughs> like, no, Savage has been, like, a good quarterback and, like, a really good quarterback, and I'm happy for him that he finally won. 
But like, if you just look down, so I broke down starting 2011, I took out his first two years because I didn't think that was fair because um, he was going to an own 16 team. So 2011 was Stafford's breakout year. So his passer rating ranking in the NFL, if you just average it out from 2011 to now, is 13th. Touchdowns, average it out, it's 10th. He's always he's for that's a really good quality to have in a quarterback. If for eleven years you're he's been consistently healthy for the most part, and he's been above average, especially on some really bad line teams. But he also had like Calvin Johnson. Yeah, like, that's, like, that's it's tough. Not like, it's not like he had yeah. absolutely no. And was playing from behind. A yeah, but, like at the same time, the I, I get that the playing from behind. Yeah, the Golden game, State game who was a good player. Like he didn't. It, he had years in Detroit and, where and, he had and, some but, decent weapons. To be honest. Richard Sherman named a lot of accolades and a lot of stats that are, are on paper going to hold weight. But I think the part of like the Hall of Fame and Kyle, you're right, like raising the standard. And the part that he hit is he was never considered the best um, like at his position in any time that he played. I, I think or, this year was the first year he was really considered like top five. Or talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like no, all, no, all pros, not even a second team. You never even top two, like in your position. So like you, you, that really take goes into consideration when you're talking about the hall of fame, like for as many quarterbacks as we like don't know, or, or don't think are as good as the quarterbacks we're watching now at that Why time, when they went in, they were the, considered the best in their time though. Right. Um, that, that is a hall of fame. Why never want to play off game. He shouldn't that, be the hall of fame. That one's tough. Um, that, one, that one we contend. But the, the last thing I'll say, and then I'll, I'll let you go, is also like there, there is not. There's more than just one ballot. Like you, you could end up being a Hall of Famer, not in your first, not in your second, not in your third, fourth. Like you could end up going in in the in the you know latter years, maybe even of your life, end up going in and still end up being a Hall of Famer. I think everyone's talking about him being a Hall of Famer in the first ballot sense or the second ballot sense, which is fine, but. Matt Stafford can either become a Hall of Famer with more years of play or just become a Hall of Famer with, like, statue of limitations of, like, hey, man, hey, just, you know, he's, like, 80. Just put him in, I, man. I, 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 like to, he won a Super Bowl. I like to think of it like this. When you watch, we've watched <laughs> Matt true. Stafford play his whole career, we're all of football-watching age when his career started to now. At no point did I thought, wow, I'm watching an all-time great. Right. That's he true. Which is game-winning drives like no, two no, years. No, but he's, well, but, but, he's but, but Derek Carr does that and same thing. They weren't thing even and, making and no the one, playoffs in those years. Like the, I mean, those kind of game-winning drive things. That's like what Derek Carr does, and that like that's the same thing. As like I'm not. I don't think I'm watching a Hall of Famer when I'm watching Derek Carr. Like the game-winning drives are cool. He's mad clutch in those moments, but like. Here's all I'm going to say. You can be a very good football player and not be a Hall of Famer. That's okay. And we can leave it at this. And Matt, I agree with you. I wish it was that way. I wish with everything in me that Eli Manning would not get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I wish it. I do. <laughs> Except fate, buddy. That man going in. Exactly. That man was cold exactly. twice. So that Matt man was Stafford cold twice in the playoffs. You just have to look if at he it. he is, so does Phillip Rivers. So, like, now, like, I agree with you. If he, it's, like a, it's like a low line type thing. Like, if Eli Manning is getting in, that means you have to put these I guys think in. You have to put Rivers in. You have to put Ryan in. Exactly. To me, that's the line. And like the every every league has its player line. To me, the yeah. NBA it's Andre Iguodala. Like if yeah. you put him in, like that's no, the, no, that's the no, Hall of Famer. No, 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 no. no, no, no. It would be way worse if Iggy made the Hall of Fame than Stafford. Really? Here's the thing. I think. I think way worse. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna agree that we. I think Matt Stafford gets in in time. I don't think he's Hall of Famer right now. But you have to look back at it. Um. Going back to the 40s, when they were first era of the 40s, that's when quarterbacks are really the Hall of Fame players were getting in from the 40s. There's only been 27 quarterbacks. It averages out to four and a half per decade, mm-hmm. right? Eli Manning's the 2010. He's already in. Or is, like You're only going to get three or four more, right? I think the I'm most a decade. I'm not I think the I'm most in a decade was like six. I think, I think six quarterbacks from the 80s got in, and that was the most in a single decade. But you have to understand, Kyle, like, they are going to put more quarterbacks in now because pass, I don't, the passing and, game is more And important. that is why I think they shouldn't. I think the standard is going to get raised. But you, you have also, to. We're we going to have this conversation to, every year. We had to, it last year with Phillip Rivers. We're going to have it Safford. When Matt Ryan retires, people are going to talk about it. And, and I understand you, but I think that's a good point. You have to also understand where the game is. Just like for the NBA, like three-point shooting is more prevalent. Right. So the, the, no, the I, shooters are going to start I understand where the right. game is, but – I don't think they're going to be putting in nine quarterbacks into the Hall of Fame a decade. I I think it's Honestly, going like to I get said, raised. I would I would like them not to. So, but it, with reality, I mean, also being, it also I don't chunks, think they will. It also chunks. You can't up, put not, every quarterback so, in the league. Not not five quarterbacks like all like retire the same year. That's what we're all going to get. Like Drew I'm Brees is going to get in one year. It's playing. It's the playing decades though. It's mm-hmm. not just 
per look at uh, yeah, Breeze gets in, Russell Wilson gets in, probably Aaron Rodgers gets in. Eli gets Wilson in. doesn't get in. And exactly. Stafford and like Eli exactly. So there's a point where like I think Stafford ends up in the Ryan and the Philip Rivers debate, and now he has a ring in it. I think he gets in. Yeah, but Ryan is not MVP. there yet. That's fine. Philip Rivers had a couple had like four or five years ago, so top five quarterbacks. Yeah. If not Ryan, and those Stafford are their debating like points. One. And Stafford's debating point is the ring. Hey, no, hey. but that, that's where rings are and done the, because if 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 Joe Burrow can if if Smaj Puran can get a yard and the Bengals go and score at the end of the game. No one's oh Matt Stafford's not a Hall of Fame. So complete something completely out of Stafford's hands made him a Hall of Famer. That's what's dumb about using rings as a barometer. I don't I'm think not, you can use MVPs not, as a barometer. It's not the barometer, but you, you can't take rings out of the equation. Absolutely. No, no, not. you have to absolutely uh, not. How you played when it mattered the most is very important. I think if you have one ring and you have one MVP, exactly one, the ring holds more weight than Matt Ryan's MVP. So like it depends on the ring. It depends on the ring. Like if he, if you want to, if you want to throw for a ring, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, just yeah, be yeah, happy yeah. for Matt Stafford that they did win that game because that touchdown he missed before he threw the game-winning touchdown when I think it was Cup was wide open in the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. That would have ate him for the rest <laughs> of his life. Dude. That would have been on Twitter. We oh can move on. We can move on after this. Uh, Stat Matt, Eli going in the Hall of Fame, man. You have to accept that. You go to you go have to accept that. You cannot spell elite without Eli, man. You go after. <laughs> you go after. You go have to accept that. We will move on to now. Going back to the NBA, because much like us, probably a lot of sports fans out there, the NFL dominated between the the NBA and NFL landscape this year. And now that the NFL is completely over, you might have some catching up to do. And if if you do, we're the podcast for you, because right now we're going to catch you up with the top things you need to know about this NBA season, or at least the first half of the NBA season as the All-Star break comes up. So... The first thing we can start with is if you look at the Eastern Conference, the three, the top three teams of the Eastern Conference right now are what? The Heat, the Bulls, and the and the Cavs. Yeah. Like that to a casual, <laughs> that might even shock you as it is. The Heat are a little bit understandable. They have Jimmy Butler. They made a finals run a couple years ago. Years ago, the Bulls were had a lot of hype preseason. Top, so they're, yeah, they're, they're top kinda, three is still high, but they had hype. They're, they're yeah. living up to it. The Cleveland Cavaliers might have you like scratching your head a lot. And that's the team we're going to focus on because they are a legit team in the Eastern Conference right now. Like we said, third, you know, 35 and 22, been top five basically all season. And now to really validate it, they have not one, but two all-stars in Darius Garland and Jared Allen, who comes in as an injury replacement for James Harden. So props to that team right there because it's not a fluke anymore. They got Kevin Love re-energized. Kevin Love is back in the lineup now. He he was out. He was like, oh, y'all are good. I I, want to come play again. Very impressive is who people regarded as the best player on that team. Colin Sexton got injured very early. They're doing this all without him. Blessing in disguise. You mentioned mentioned Garland. um, All-star. Huge for him. He's playing Mm -hmm. great. Only 20.1 points per game, and that leads this team in scoring. And I think that tells you all you need to know about the Cavs. Yeah. They're a very team. They're well coached. They're playing well together. I mean, your lead scorer has 20 points in today's modern era of basketball. That's crazy. And they're making even this, in the 90s, that's kind of crazy for a team this good. That's true. And they're making this thing work with like the, the three big men lineup. Like that thing make that that's crazy yeah. that they're doing it with with marketing, Mobley and Allen all playing together on the floor. Great that's, defense. Crazy. And, and on top of that, we know what those guys give you interior defense. Mm-hmm. The Cavs are the third best team in terms of opponent field goal percentage, sixth best or seventh best against opponent three point percentage. I mean, they're really defense is holding this team together and the way they play so well together on offense. I wasn't a believer. I also wasn't a believer in the Bulls, who you mentioned. The Bulls flipped me earlier, but the Cavs have flipped me now. It's it's tough when you look towards the playoffs, but this is the conversation people have been having for two months, and they're not going away. They can win a playoff series, and and they flipped me because they bought in defensively. And for a young team, when you buy in defensively, that's what – impresses me because young teams always buy in offensively. Look at the Hornets, a young team who bought in completely offensively and they're and they're they're starting to tailspin a little bit because they can't stop anybody on defense. When you buy in, have the fourth best you know defense in the league, holding teams to the third worst field goal percentage when they're against you, like that that is what helps you and and aid a young team on the offensive end because there's going to be nights where the ball's not going in the rim, right? But defense will, will keep you stable and keep you at the top. That's why I think the Cavs are. are where they are right now is because they've all bought. Not only are they holding their uh, opponents to like really low field goal percentages, they're they have the fewest fouls committed in the NBA. Mm. So they're being incredibly disciplined about how they're contesting shots and doing it without fouling, which is such a difficult through line to have. Uh, 
what is interesting is like I think of this team a lot like when the Jazz, this current iteration of the Jazz, really started clicking with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. You I kind of that. have a I mean Jared Allen is now an all-star. You have Darius Garland who is an all-star. So like they have the pieces. Now the only thing that I worry about with them is they don't while they can get it really through anyone, they, they get offense from a lot of sources. In the playoffs you kind of need like a the guy. Right. And I don't know run. if that's Garland. I don't know if that's Levert. They're going to find that out in the last say. third of this season. We haven't really seen it yet. But if they can figure that out, I'll be bought in for them going into the postseason. It, it's tough. You like it's really tough to say. But like the Colin Sexton injuries is almost like a blessing in disguise. It just it just opened up a map and a blueprint for the Cavs, at least for their young guard situation, because you had Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, who it looked like Colin Sexton was going to emerge to be the better of the two. He was kind of like their best player, the leader of their team. But like you could see Darius Garland had it. They just played the same position. Like they, they're almost the same player. And then Colin Sexton goes down. You move Darius Garland completely to that one and he blossoms to an all-star. And then it's like our team needs one thing. Now we need that wing scorer that we thought Darius Garland could be. And then here you go, Karis LeVert. Hopefully he plugs into that role, and I think the Cavs are so balanced, but I think that kind of like almost ostracizes Colin Sexton. That kind of pushes him out of you we'll, know, out we'll of the picture for the Well, then they could trade Sexton in the offseason for a piece Big of – Big trade value, yeah, this too. Is what, Big trade value. This is actually – and you mentioned Garland, too. Like You mentioned even just having like the scoring ability. It's like also like 10 assists in the month of January per game. Yeah, nice. Only second to Chris Paul. I think it was slightly under 10, like 9.8, whatever. Um but what I love about the Jazz, and this is something that, I mean, it's obviously not plausible for a lot of teams in the state of the league, is this is the team that's had the most number one picks in the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. They've top three in lottery picks with really one every year besides the little stint LeBron gave them back from 15 to 17 or 18, whatever it was. And they just decided, no, we're going in. No, we're trading for Karis LeVert. We're super young. We're getting a lottery pick every year. Garland was a lottery pick. Sexton was a lottery pick. Evan Mobley this year was the second, third pick third in the draft. Pick. I mean – and they said, no, screw it. We're, we're good. We like what we have. Let's make our team better, which is awesome because they're not behind in draft capital, right? They have all their picks coming up. They have young guys. They have a core. They could rebuild this for two or three years, and they're just like, all right, I'm a, we're going to take this, quote, unquote, superstar. Obviously, he's not in Karis LeVert, but he's shown flashes here and there. We're going to take all a guy star. that can be the best player on our team in mm-hmm. some world. And you're going <clears> to <throat> give it to us. We'll trade for that. I love teams going all in. On for like me, that. the problem with the Cavs is there are six other teams. I'd pick them right. to lose in to the in the playoffs in the yeah. East. Right. Yeah. So it's just, it's just like a rough luck of the draw kind of situation. And, and, and it's, it's tough. They're a young team. They're a good team. And if they played in a playoff format, that was best of three, they probably win a playoff series or two, but they play in a playoff you know series format. That's best of seven. So after right. you get past that first round, after you're done paying, playing, you know, the Pacers or the Hornets or something in the first round, then you go after to play the Celtics or yeah. the Heat. Which is the- also like there's going to be like really the East playoffs is, is going to be ridiculous when you think mm. about it. We'll talk about some more teams, but like the Celtics can be like the seven seed and like yeah. you wouldn't even bat an eye like, and, and, oh, every team above them is better. And like my, <laughs> it's going to be stacked. No, you're, you're so true. And I actually was about to say, and, and I'll, I'll say it, I'll double down on it, um, that like – I don't, I don't think the Cavs stay three. Like, I think there's a playoff push that a lot of teams below them are going to make, and it's going to put them in that four, five, six category in the mud, in the thick of it, no. in the Eastern Conference. And then they might, you might get lost in the sauce a little bit when these veteran teams start to figure it out and make that playoff push. But to be at the All-Star break, a, a top three seed, like when's the last time the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, outside of LeBron James, had a positive direction for their basketball team. In the 90s. Mark Price. Right. Yeah, Mark Price. <laughs> Ew. And, and, and that was a glass ceiling because, you know, Jordan's over there. So, like, yeah. at some point, we're going to get – but so far in this right. Eastern Conference, like, when's – like, the, this is an exciting time for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, had to help you to that. The next thing that you probably should know about the first half of this NBA season actually just happened right before this All-Star break coming up. And that is the big blockbuster trade between the Nets – and the 76ers, the Algotcher guy, we've been talking about it. But what we need to talk about is how both teams benefited from this deal. Like, I'm so tired of hearing Daryl Morey got finessed or he got host because he didn't. Or the Nets didn't get what they needed because they did. Like, both of these teams benefited from this trade. 
One may have got a little bit more than the other, but both teams addressed what they needed to and got rid of what they needed to. That's just as much. So we could talk about it because I think both of them got what they needed in this trade. Yeah, but they got their Draymond. They had now, they have like your Steph Curry type point guard over there in Brooklyn. You got Kyrie Irving, who's equivalent. You got KD, who's on that great team. And then you have... Everyone knows Durant can't win without a Curry. Everyone, and <laughs> and you're, you're unable to shoot offensively challenged Draymond, who is good at passing and can play defense. That's exactly what Ben Simmons is. I was to talk about how they benefited. That is, it's a great thing for them. Yeah. They have now, they have now uh, uh, an all-NBA, all-defense-level player um, in Ben Simmons. And then also you you have shooters, which they – I'm not going to say they were lacking, but adding Seth Curry is now a strength-on-strength. Strength. Drummond, you could – I mean, like, I don't know how far that gets you against the Giannis's and the Embiid's of the world, but it's a bench improvement. Um, and then you also, which I think is a bigger thing than people realize is, like, Things were not good there with Harden. They right. did not want Harden there just as much. Maybe not just as much, but similar to how the Sixers did not want Simmons there. Harden was just showing up and playing badly. Um, so, I, I mean, on the Brooklyn side, I don't think it's it's, it's anything but a win for them. Yeah, yeah but I, I, I don't think Daryl Moy got hosed. No, 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 he did. Both teams got better. Definitely not. Both teams got better. Like, the Sixers have a shot to win the title this year, mm-hmm. and they really didn't before the trade. And people were talking about, oh, the Sixers should have gotten, like, Malcolm Brogdon and a pick for Ben Simmons. Like, that's how bad it was at points. Buddy Heald and Harrison, Harrison Barnes. Barnes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deal, deals and, that people were mad at Daryl Morey for passing up because like, it had been look, so long. Like, yeah. like, we should get to bonus as a positive thing. Oh. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, oh. and we got James Harden. Mm-hmm. James yeah. Talk to Harden. Him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk uh, to and, him. He, and it's the perfect mesh with Embiid. And obviously it stinks to see Curry go. And Drummond was like, we'll have to find someone on the buyout market for a backup center like a Robin Lopez or like a Tristan Thompson. You want to be ball Paul? Be ball Paul. Not big enough. I like be ball Paul. I yeah. really like love be ball Paul. Um, Gotta say his name like that. <laughs> and but this both teams obviously improved because Ben Simmons does really fit the need of a guy who's going to go all out on defense in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who's going to guard Harden if they play the Sixers in the playoffs. He's the guy who's going to guard Tatum or Brown if they play the Celtics. He's the guy. No one can guard Giannis, but he can guard. He could shut down Middleton. He's gonna stand in front of Giannis, and and <laughs> and like he'll be really good for the Nets until the second round of the playoffs hits. Yeah, I mean, so because that's what that's the one thing we know about Ben Simmons that he's a very good basketball player, and in the second round of the playoffs hits, and he freezes. Yeah. He, can it, we also not forget that um, the point of a trade, and it really doesn't work unless both GMs and both like teams and owners think their team is getting better. Like that's how it's supposed to work. Now, on paper, and I believe this, and I think a lot of people believe this, the Nets on paper got more back than what they gave. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. They got three starters and two first-round picks. That the Sixers, maybe they could have held a first-round pick, whatever. That's not the goal of this team right now. Ben Simmons was not playing basketball for this team for the rest of his career, right? So instantly, just thinking about how the Sixers as a team this year get better, well, it was James Harden for Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. As a team, what you're going to get on the floor, they got better. Now, are they all in now? 100%. Mm-hmm. They're all in. I think Harden's going to come back, even though it was falsely reported that he had to sign his player option. Uh, apparently, he didn't, but it sounds like he's going to come back for next year. You have a little window now, two, three years. Really, this year can't be a total bust, but two, three years to make this work. But people saying that the Sixers got fleeced, blah, 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 blah. Yes, on paper, they gave more than they got back. That's fine. But for the team, for winning a championship, which is the goal of this team, they did not. We talked about how the Harrison Barnes and the Buddy Heald was the best offer on the table. Daryl Morey waited out, and Daryl Morey won. At the same time, Steve Nash as the Nets head coach won, right? The locker room got better, and he's bringing in a bunch of new guys and more talent for the overall team than just one guy and James Harden. So both teams improved. That's how I see it. I think the Sixers, really, I hope it doesn't come back at the butt him in the butt with the Nets because it could. Um, but, 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 but also, but also it can Nets, come back. They would have lost to the Nets in the playoffs if they didn't make the trade. They might lose to the Nets in the playoffs now. So it, it, I don't, I've, I had a friend like that made that argument to me. It was like, Oh, we made the Nets better than us. Like they were already better than us. Like we got, we have a shot to win a title. We sure. didn't before the trade. And, and it's really that simple. Yeah. If, if you're the Sixers, focus on you first. Like, like forget how it makes them. Like, we got James Harden. There's only about, at his best, maybe five or six players in the league better than James Harden. And, and, and maybe at his absolute peak, 
maybe five like better pure scorers in NBA history than James Harden. You have a chance to go get that man. You go get him. And by the way, let's not forget why he wants to come to Philly. Because right now you have probably the MVP of the league until last night's, until Giannis's 50-point game, the, the NBA's leading scorer, and Joel Embiid to mesh perfectly with him. And then there's something to be said for addition by subtraction, man. Like, I think the Sixers' headache was bigger than the Nets' headache. The Nets' headache could have worked itself out right. once this, if and when this vax mandate gets lifted in New York City. Because then Kyrie's there 100% of the time. Then you figure it out, and then winning cures all. It, the Sixers' situation was never figuring itself out. I got to say, it, it was might never. be a little awkward for Seth Curry to play with Ben Simmons. After okay. Seth Curry. I saw Drummond laughing it up with Simmons, but I They I didn't do play together, though. Right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Seth Curry. I do consider yeah. Um, so the, it, it might not be, but it definitely could winning be. Winning like, cures all. I do think, <laughs> I really do think it does. we have to give Daryl props on this in terms of literally like the calculus that he's going through of why he's specifically not giving up Matisse Thibel. You can put Ben on Harden. I have seen Jason Tatum and Trey Young do heinous things to Ben Simmons in a playoff series when he is guarding them. Ben Simmons is a phenomenal one through five defender, one of the best in the league for his versatility. He is an incredibly hard competitor on that end. If you put him on James Harden for seven games, there will be trouble on the Brooklyn Nets defensive side of the ball. We shall it's, see. I, 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 like you could, you could clip this, clip this, and play it back. There we go. We shall see that series. Watch what happens in the half court. I love I'm it. still terrified of Durant. I love it. But but we, but we gotta have to table this the rest of the discussion for another time. We will and have to move on. The next thing that you need to know about this first half of the NBA season is the Boston Celtics are back. And Kyle, if you go all the way back to your big boy at the beginning of the season, before we got into it, I was, I said, I think off camera, maybe I said on camera, I said, I'm very high on the Boston Celtics. I think the Celtics can do big things. And then they came out and stunk. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then they stunk for all, for the entire season, pretty much until the last like two, two and a half weeks. And now they look like a very good squad again. Nine in a row, only three and a half games back of the one seed in the Eastern Conference. Lead the lead, lead the Eastern point differential, and they're the only team in the Eastern Conference that has a winning record above with teams against against teams above a five hundred record. So like they're they're the only team in the East that's good against good teams. And I like they just the jumped, are back. They jumped to number one with that shellacking of the Sixers last Hello. night. They jumped to number one in five thirty eight. Uh, I guess title percentage percent chance to win. The title, I think they're up to 23%. I don't know how much of that is tied to win differential or point differential, which both like just went through the roof with that Sixers game. It kind of swings the pendulum a little bit. But, I mean, we've been saying this. They're not really that different than they have been when well, when they were viewed back in 2018, 19, since, 20. Since Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum since have they been, got put have been good at they have they've been the same team. Al Horford yeah. is back. Like, Daniel, oh, Tice yeah. is back. Daniel Tice is now back. Yeah, yeah. Tice. And, and swapping, <laughs> just quapping threes on the Sixers <laughs> like he is, like Ray Allen. But uh, they do – I mean, it's like the same song and dance with them. And ultimately, that stuff that boiled up in the beginning – of this year with oh, maybe taste, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, that, that they're not really fit to be on the same team, on a championship team together. You can go back even before that. There was reports of, like, fighting in the locker room. Marcus Smart, Brad Stevens ends up leaving as the coach. Like there's They also had to adjust to a new coach this year, mm -hmm. and it looks like they finally kind of figured out yeah, that. Yeah, Doke, I think, is a good coach. Uh, but I, if I, I see don't me know. alongside line at my games, I'm hooping. I tell you that much. Yeah, I I don't know with them. They are good, and I, I see much. them ending up as a top four seed. As far as title contention goes, nothing really changes for me from years past. Like they, they should be one of the top four teams of the East. That's as far as I can. Go. Yeah, yeah, I think they're a contender, honestly. But I also thought that in a couple of years past, and the reason is they did make this comeback as the team they had, and now they bring in Tice, who you know is going to get playoff minutes. A guy that's knows, I mean, maybe doesn't know the system, new coach, but knows those guys, know how to play with his teammates. And they just made a great trade, in my eyes, to get Derek White yeah. for Josh Richardson. Good acquisition. Der great acquisition. And uh, I don't know what they have with getting guards at the trade deadline. If you remember, they did it with Evan Fournier last year. That didn't really work out. I but <laughs> yeah, Derek White's having a breakout year. Um, another player that gives good effort on defense. Yeah. Not as much as Marcus Smart, but is Derek White, if you had to choose one part of his game that you really like, it's his defense. And now he can learn from Marcus Smart, yeah. too. Yeah, and, and not to mention he's – breakout year on offense i mean deontay murray has been giving this guy the ball and saying you can score on the spurs the spurs are going to feel that not that they're a playoff team but i think the celtics got much better at the deadline and they were only sitting what four and a half games back of first place in the east before the deadline 
So I, I'm actually bought back in. That was a good call by you, James. Mm. I wasn't sold at the beginning of the season, but the you way were. they have turned it around, because I love Jalen Brown. I actually think Jalen Brown's low-key better than Tatum, but that's for another wow, day. Wow, that's, uh, that's for another day. At points, at points I agree <laughs> right. with them, but, but right. over this last stretch, I can't. I can't. But just all around, like they have the pieces to be a right, contender yes. in my eyes. But there are times, and look, Jason Tatum was very much struggling. That slump might be over the first 43 games of the season, 41% from the field, 31% from three in the last 12 games, and there's nine in a row, right. 50% from the field, 38% from three. And it's funny because – even we on this podcast have talked about the Celtics. We're like, if they want to win, Tatum and Brown have to go for like 30 or 40 a piece a game. And they're like, okay, bet. Like, if, if, if that's how <laughs> that's we got to win, yeah. that, that's how we got to win. But that's sure. If, yeah. if you can keep that up, the Celtics are contenders. It's just if that's sustainable, because, yes, that's legit. The only way they've been winning now, Derek White provides a little bit more scoring, maybe Huge. some, some Huge. cushion on that. For Who me. knows what Daniel Tice, if, if he plays like he did against the Sixers, that's, that's a fourth scoring option for you. But – for the for the majority of the time, it's going to be Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown going off, but right. they've been doing it. So hey. that's fine. And Tyson is not even a starter. Robert Williams still starts. He's yeah, really a really good Horford's player. Horford's in there. I mean, uh, oh, the Embiid stopper. Maybe okay, I'll, the Oppa stopper. <laughs> that is Al Horford. <laughs> I knew it would eventually circle. Back I'll take back. I'll take back my Brown over Tatum, though. I think it's a lot closer than other people think. I, I just watched too. this man, Jason Tatum, at the beginning of the season. Miss so many game winners, and then yeah. anytime you log on the Twitter, Jalen Brown, Brown hits million. the game winner, game winner yeah. <laughs> like the next game. So, you I know, mean, I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Like, there are times where he has like these crazy spurts, but overall, Jason Tatum like could go into super, right. to superstar status. But right. the next thing we'll move on to, the next thing you should know about the first half of this NBA season is not only is Clay Thompson back, but so are the Golden State Warriors for the last stretch of this season and just overall. Because for the last couple of years, they've been down and out. They've battled injuries. Clay's injury, Steph's been in and out. They haven't been the same. Struggled to even get into a playing spot the last couple of years. But now they're, they're absolutely just among the top teams in the West and in the NBA. The second best team in the West and have the second best record in the NBA at 42 and 16. Best home record in the league, 26 and 5. We know that's a hallmark of great Warriors teams. And since Clay has ramped it up, I like this. They cop with this in there. Since he's ramped it up to 25 plus minutes a game, the Warriors are seven and two. He's averaging 18.8, so basically 19 points a game on 46% from the field and 43% from three. And he's closed out the past two Warriors wins with I think 17 in the fourth and 15 or 13 in the fourth. I mean, this this is once Dray if once Draymond comes back, I said it. Like their core is back. All of a sudden, Andrew Wiggins is an All Star starter. Like, oh. The Warriors could be it's back, disgusting man. That he's the, an all-star yeah, star. Yeah, much, like we could let's gloss over. As that, much as honest. I'm gonna be K-pop fans, is how it happens. It's yeah. true. As much as I'm gonna be sweating out the East players or the East playoffs because of the Sixers, I'm gonna be have so much fun with the West playoffs. Just watching the Warriors again at full strength. We've not seen this in forever. I did. If, if Steph starts shooting like he used to shoot, because right now he's just like a very good shooter right. instead of like the big greatest ever. Right. The West is over. Like okay. if if he if he shoots if he goes back to shooting forty three percent from three they're winning the West and uh, I'm sorry James but that that's it's inevitable if Steph comes goes becomes the greatest shooter of all time in the playoffs inevitable it's a scary word yeah. <laughs> well, well what I will say is I think it's really just Warriors and the Suns in the West right now mm-hmm. I don't think you can look at it any other way I know the Grizzlies we're gonna touch on the Grizzlies so I won't go into it I'm not a huge in them in the playoffs but going back to the Warriors I think Wiseman's coming back. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Wiseman's coming back. He's been, he's been ramped up. I, I saw him running. I saw a clip of him like oh, running no. now last week. So we'll see what that means for them. But I mean, they got their guys back. Curry, Clay, Draymond, fully healthy. This and, hasn't happened since KD was on the team. And Wiseman, that's where I was going to go next. Is like the that might be your eight encounter. Now I don't know how well he could hang with Deion. Personally, like I'm not the biggest James Watt from what I've seen in college. I I was high on him. In the NBA, I'm not – at least on the Warriors, I should say. I'm right. not sure about his fit. He's not – I mean, he has the potential to be, but at this moment isn't as heady and as, like, attuned to the defense as a guy like maybe Andrew Bogut was during one of their title I, runs I, or, I, you know, JaVale McGee. I mean, he's better than those guys could be. you got to have, an, like, an advanced NBA IQ, I think, to fit on the Warriors. Like, I think you really have – makes them – He's really not ready. He hasn't played. He's not yeah, ready. Yeah, right. And, and I when think he played last year, he was bad. <clears throat> and he barely played last year. Really, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that comes with reps. But yeah, the the, the Warriors <coughs> are very reminiscent to the team that 
you know, was, was dominating the NBA. They got their guys back. They got their core back. Like they're, they're all for familiarity. And like, I don't know, like we, we've talked about it a lot. They've, they've to me gotten a 2.0 version of the 739 team, not as good, but like the same makeup, the same archetype of that team. They got it. And that's so right. God, that's so scary. Yeah. Man. That, that's I, yeah, I mean, I don't think their bench matters, but their bench is worse than it was back then. Uh, but, you got Pool now coming out. This Pool, Pool starts. He still starts. Yeah. He still starts, and they put what Clay bump him to. Three. Actually, maybe not. Now that Clay's back. No, Pool. Unless they put Wiggins now. to the four. Um, I like Kaminga. Kaminga's yeah. another great piece. Yeah. yeah, they need to play him. He's, more. Hooping. He's hooping. I saw a stat, and I don't know if it's still true about Kuminga. He is dunking more, like in terms of percentage of his shots made dunks, uh, more than Shaquille O'Neal didn't in like any season right. um so he is literally dunking it i guess i'm just thinking about like iguodala i don't think they have that guy off the bench anymore but maybe all around they do make up for losing that and kd that's, that's very true yeah all right well that that's actually segues nicely and the last thing you should know about this half of the nba season is the warriors might be back to their familiar ways but the rest as a whole looks very unfamiliar we've talked about the struggles with the lakers they're not going away five and ten in their last game 26 and 31 overall they're pretty much a trade wreck people are saying they should trade ad it's a mess over there not only are they struggling the clippers and the nuggets are also nuggets are pseudo struggling they're like fourth fifth in the west right From now what they've dumb. been they're yeah. sixth in the west they've been the three seed each of the last three seasons. Right, right, they're right. missing second and third best player. Exactly. But uh, the, the Clippers also banged up and also struggling. Now they, they're down their two best players. And then teams who have taken advantage of that have been the Grizzlies, obviously, who are third in the West right now, and the T-Wolves, who are or higher than expected. How about the T-Wolves, man? Love the T-Wolves. In a playoff spot, man. Like, playing hard, playing for each other. Their big three of Cat and Edwards and D'Lo are all showing out. Edward, 22 points a game. Towns, 24 points a game. D'Lo, 19 points a game. Like, how about it, man? Like, it's honestly, it. like, it's, I like to, like, I think I like to dunk on them more than I like to kind of praise them. But I, it is nice to see now the Minnesota Timberwolves kind of finally, I remember reading an article back when, like, Simmons and Embiid were just drafted. Jokic was finally starting to come out. And it was like ranking the, neutral court, rank, ranking the top young cores. And Minnesota was number one. Uh, with Wiggins Towns, and now finally they and finally Levine, circled yeah. back, and are they are the team, in my opinion, that can be like obviously the Grizzlies last year uh, made some noise in the playing tournament, but if we're talking about new blood in the mm -hmm. playoffs, can make some noise, can maybe cause some problems for some higher seeds. They're the team that I'm looking at more than any other team, maybe even in the NBA more than the Cavs. Yeah, I agree. I, I, man, I'm all in on Anthony Edwards. If you remember Me the too, big yeah. board, I had him number one yep. over Lamelo, which people didn't love. Had him over Wiseman, which people didn't love. Um, but he's came on and done exactly what he needed to do. He has like three 40 point games this year, which is ridiculous. He came in to be a scorer and an athlete, and he's being exactly that. Is his defense not all NBA? No, but he's competent on defense because he's uh, engaged on that side of the ball, which is all you need from him right now. So the fact that he's um, leading this team in no, cats leading in points per game, but putting up 22 points a game and take it, not afraid to take shots in the fourth quarter down the stretch. Mm -hmm. I think he has the most confidence of any young player in the league. It's ridiculous. He's up there. And, yeah. He's up there for yeah. sure. And, and I, I'm impressed, and I like the way he's meshed with the rest of that young team because there was a point where him coming in, Anthony Edwards is such a spotlight player. He doesn't run from it at all. And no. why would you as the number one overall pick? Neither does D'Lo. But they had a they have a, a, a former number one overall pick. And and some like I was afraid that him coming into that would would make Cat kind of look elsewhere. Okay, that's Ant's team. He's he's gonna go. And for all we know, that could still happen. Like that's just how the landscape of the NBA goes. But they seem to be playing for each other. They don't seem to be like he doesn't seem to be pushing Cat out. He seems to be like elevating and motivating Cat right. to play more because we have a young guy who wants to come in and play that kind of energizes him a little bit. And all I needed to see is, you know, Edwards wasn't playing this past game, and Cat goes and wins them the game down the stretch. And there's a video that the Timberwolves posted on their social media of, of the entire walk through the tunnel back to the locker room, and Edwards is screaming and yelling for Cat. He's so happy for him that he went and got the ball and, and made the, the, the game-winning shot and put their team up. And I was like, that's that's the kind of team that succeeds. That's the kind of young team that plays for each other They're like, and is genuinely happy that – in his absence, Cadway yeah. got him the game. And like, it's cool Pat to see. Bev is just a Pat great, Bev's like, huge. veteran presence. Go to have. contract but, extension too. Hey Mal now, Malik Beasley is huge <laughs> off the bench. What odds can I get that 
Pat Bev and Chris Paul got into a fight in the first round playoff series. <laughs> I, I, Not good ones. I'm gonna, of, yeah, I think they yeah. make the playoffs. Uh, yeah. They're the type of team that you can just see getting bounced in the play-in tournament. I hope they avoid it, probably. They could beat Memphis. I wouldn't predict I think so, it, too. But if they, if they could get to six they're literally Memphis is three, they could beat Memphis. They're the Memphis of last year, in my eyes. Yeah, me Me-too. too. Memphis took game one off of the Jazz last year, uh, the number one seed in mm-hmm. Utah. Like I, I, that, I think this team can take anyone. Really, to maybe not a whole seven game series, but can fight in any playoff series in the West. When Anthony Edwards got drafted, uh, I was doing the Odyssey NBA podcast. We had on his coach, Tom Crean, and he was like, Look, like Anthony Edwards, his ceiling could be like Dwayne Wade. Like he has yeah. the same build, same skills as Dwayne Wade. I what think is, that was my comparison in the big board. What <laughs> is crucial for him is, though, what he said is he has to be in a competitive like good competitive basketball environment. Mm-hmm. That's what Minnesota is now turning into. So like I think out of nowhere. Out of, out nowhere. of nowhere. Right, exact complete script flip and uh you know what good for them. Good for them cuz they really haven't had much to cheer about in a long time. Got to love, got to love it. That right there in no order were the five things that you probably need to know about this first half of the NBA season if you weren't paying attention. So uh, I'm glad we got everybody caught up to speed because, you know, it's it's time for the NBA's basketball season officially now. No more football to lean on. No more Super Bowl. Got to start to get back into it. But, Kyle, I think it's time for everyone's Winners favorite and losers. segment. Everyone's back. favorite segment. Let's Quick winner. It. We talk sports. We don't talk this sport much, but Sidney Crosby scored his – 500th career goal had to be against the Flyers against the Flyers only the second player in Penguins history behind all-time great Mario Lemieux Mm. obviously we know Crosby's this good but he's not even the scorer um as Lemieux was he's more of like an all-around player so hitting 500 is a huge milestone just want to give a congrats there also incredible after he missed like a year and a half with a concussion and people didn't know if he was going to play again and he's played like eight years after that one, two more cups. And here's the thing: as much Jake, as I hate it, I don't. I don't think uh, you still follow hockey. I don't think you care about uh, hockey enough right. to, to I was hate. Get, I still to hate on it. Like, but like, it's ingrained. It's not even something no, that I think about. No, no, no. It would this be like, it, 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 like it's an all-time great achievement. I love it's Zeke. Like, he got two thousand. I would boo Zeke if he was at the link and got two thousand yards. You, at because the you, link. Ca- I would boo him viciously. Look at what you just compared it to. Because you care about football, you don't care about. If I was in the Flyers game. He'd be getting booed. If I, was at the, <laughs> if I was at the Wings game, I would boo the that's other team. Saying, like, <laughs> but I'm saying, you sitting at home, for, to watch him get an all-time <laughs> great achievement is like, just appreciate the achievement. We don't care enough about him. They hate him. That's of course, if we're at the game, you're going to I was him. at my buddy's D3 basketball. I was booing <laughs> the heck, yeah, the booing heck out of the I'm other team. Any, I'm booing any op at the game. Yeah. But like here, it's like, oh, hey, it's right, maybe we give, Maybe we give him a pass. All right, loser, uh, loser at the Super Bowl and loser basically in the whole NFL landscape right now is Eli Apple. Yay, I baby. wanted to bring this up. Gives up the game-winning Ooh. touchdown after, you know, talking all the smack after Ooh. having a bad game in the AFC Championship. And we've seen fans, players, retired players, everyone's coming at this man Eli Apple right now. And, and here's the thing. You got that. It's a talent to get the entire people who have no bone to pick with you at all to come at you on Twitter. That That's, that's, and, a, and that's a premier cornerback skill. And, uh, but here's the thing. What, like, yeah, like you really, you really talked before it all, it all came to roost, right? You came at people who have already won a ring. Those are the people that can talk back. I actually have a problem with the Michael Thomases of the world and Devontae Adams of the world and Lamar Jacksons of the world coming at him because guess, guess what he was playing in? He was playing in a game that none of y'all have played in yet. So, so th- don't come at Eli Apple because he's playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, I get it. I, I get got no it. problem with I, it. I, I, I get it that he, he wasn't the reason the Bengals were playing in the Super Bowl. But you're literally tweeting at a man playing in a game that you hope to one day be playing in your career. The Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, yeah, they get to talk back. And the guys who played in the Super Bowl, they can talk back. They can laugh at him. Um, Michael Thomas, I don't want to hear a peep, old slant boy. Like you were, you were, I don't want to hear a peep out of you. I Lamar, say, I don't hear a peep out of you. Eli Apple shielding a lot of criticism from the Bengals defensive coordinator. When you're one-on-one with Cooper Cup. No help. And Eli, you have, you see, your defensive coordinator, you see Eli Apple one-on-one with Cooper Cup, Super Bowl on the line. You got to call timeout. You just, just got <laughs> to do like it. It's like the NBA. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It can't happen. It can't happen. Can't. <laughs> Someone dive at somebody's knees, take a penalty. I got no problem with it because when you talk that much, you got to be able to receive it. Exactly. That's true. That's true. He, he literally was instigating 
Like, this is why he's, he's going to maybe one day but, be one, but, but one, he knows what he set himself up for by tweeting before the Super Bowl. And if he didn't, he's right. dumb and he should get the he criticism. But he didn't tweet at every NFL wide receiver. He tweeted at McCole Harmon and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, only the second best wide receiver. In right. The they can talk back. Michael Thomas just right. waited until he failed to pile into somebody else's right. beef, bro. As, like, he's no, just hopping on. Like, like, hopping you on. Did, yeah. Get out of here. As Michael Thomas is prone to Lamar Jackson did it too. A bunch of other players that, like, Michael Thomas is just the one that I remember. It was a whole lot. A lot of players, non-Super Bowl players, non-Super Bowl attendees who got in someone else's beef just to jump on Eli Apple because they know he can't defend himself well, right now. Michael Thomas like, was teammates. Maybe they had other beef. I think no. I think they well, did well, both of them were no, teammates. I, th- I think yeah. all of them had. Beef. I guess both of them had beef. Yeah, they were Michael Thomas, Giants, Giants Michael, players. Too. Michael Thomas Giants. is probably burning this man Eli Apple in practice. <laughs> this one on slants, on 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 quick digs, sure, anything. sure, anything. Yeah. All right, winner Ben Simmons propaganda. It's back. We saw the yeah. video of him shooting wide open, yeah. swishing threes. No, it wasn't from Sixers Arena. It wasn't. Are you sure? Positive. He was, was wearing Nets gear. Okay. I, I almost fell for it, too. I heard that yeah. it was an old video, which would be the funniest. No, it wasn't. I, I mean, he was wearing Nets gear, and yeah. it, you can see the full video. Um, I, go ahead. But, yeah, he's hitting wide open threes in the corner. NBA Twitter. Oh, look what Philly gave this, guys. Mm-hmm. Look what they gave Brooklyn. Fools. Boys, we've been through it before. Yeah. We've been through this one before. Three times by that same video. <laughs> Jake, I've, I've had to talk to you both. Don't do it. As you're walking down that road, don't do it. Here's, here's what I say to all Sixers fans. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> let them find out the hard Don't way. say like a, nothing. Like a little kid with a secret. Yeah. <laughs> so let them do it. They're going to walk themselves down the same path they watched you walk down for years. They're going to go down the same steps, probably walk in the footprints that you put out in that path. Let them do it. Let them do it. It's really going to be so sweet when it comes let to Let them do it. That's a, If that happens, it's a very bittersweet yeah. moment for you all. You should let them do He's it. He's going to come out shooting threes, too. You know, he is. I think he's going to shoot sure under. Long. That's he, all long. His cap is like 32% from three. Um, I mean, let's be real. So, pro- really quick, because I didn't get to squeeze this in with the Sixers earlier. Another conspiracy theory, uh, Harden purposefully did not sign that so that he can sign for less. They moved Toby, and now you have a Supermax slot um, if he if he does not sign for the absolute, if he doesn't opt into that. And I do think next year would be the year to, like, maximize everything. So no. I, let's just math throughout his. I got to throw out mine. You, two, you guys, you're on the hook for a conspiracy at some point. It's very much y'all two departments. Mine is <laughs> the Nets are holding people out so they can be the lowest seed possible so they have more away games in the playoffs. Yeah, like that's, another yeah, yeah that's another good one. I mean, Band-Aids are about to lift. Though. Is yeah. that for winners and uh, Possibly. I well, no, not for winners and losers, oh. but that's not necessarily going to be. Very, very, very possible. Yeah. Um, and last loser is baseball. Pitchers and catchers were supposed to report yesterday or Monday. One of them. Monday. Yeah, Didn't Monday. happen. Still in talks. I'm looking forward to the baseball season. I'm, yeah. I don't know why. Uh, I watched more Phillies games last year than like since I was like eight years old. We got the MVP. Yeah. Of course the year we I'm get like, the MVP. I'm like hyped for it. I, I'm starting to enjoy baseball again after going to like five years of not anymore just because I stopped playing and just the Phillies were bad and mm-hmm. MLB is a sports stuff to watch. We might not even get a season. So it's, it's it's so tough, and now we're not even making progress. Every meeting they have, they say lasts not like good. seven yeah. to ten minutes, and half of that is probably everyone just like finding their seat and showing up and getting their coffee straight and stuff. Like it's just it's really <laughs> like the sides looking at each other. You gonna change? No. You gonna change? No. Yeah. The, the, so I hope as long as they don't keep have the a, car running. As long as it right. As long as they don't have a Kevin Garnett. I don't know if you remember. There was like reports that like. Things were going well until Kevin Garnett started <laughs> shouting at like like there's and you should I'll look it up and show you guys after the episode. But yeah, uh, Kevin Garnett being an NBA PA negotiation. <laughs> imagine Chris Paul being like, "Now Kevin, now Kevin, now Kevin." Like right, they just tried Kevin Garnett. They said they're not going to give him what he wants. You're in trouble. Oh man, well you guys looking forward to baseball season because yeah, uh, summer baseball. You made you made a good point. Like I. I'm not. I don't want to go back to a time where no sports are on. No, we're all gonna be watching. World I'm a Cup big. Qualifying. I'm a big golf fan. Thankfully, I know you guys aren't. I'm not. But something about having baseball and golf in the summer I with like nothing else. Maybe I'll go play golf instead of watch sports. I'll be. I'll be having to watch World Cup qualifying and and the U.S. You know, try, try to win the Concacaf. See, something. that's worse than golf for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty tough. But that's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. As always, we can get some shots up at the buzzer. Who's got something to say at the buzzer? I just got to give a shout out to Sean White's career, who descended. Oh, I love it. I, I, I didn't know it. if I should put him in as a winner or a loser. He finished fourth in his uh, last attempt at a medal. Um, greatest snowboarder in the history of the sport. 
Unfortunately, he was dealing with like a little leg injury, just kind of gave out on the last ramp, which caused mm. him to fall. But he inspired. So he's like the he is literally the Tony Hawk of snowboarding. They made a video game called Sean White Snowboarding because yeah. of Sean White. That and, game was fun. And, Iconic status. And, and, and his red hair and his Mountain Dew interview. Uh, he was just a legend and props to a legendary career. I'm talking about Mountain Dews, babe. <laughs> <laughs> never forget it, man. I'll never forget it. That game was fun, too. Remember those boards that the Wii had for Wii Fit? Yeah. Yeah, that's what you played on. So you could, like, balance on oh, the snowboard. Dope. That's yeah. dope. That's dope. You guys hit something to say at the buzzer? Uh, no. That, <laughs> that was it. You just heard it. Yeah. Um, the only thing I have to say, I don't know if you guys have been playing this game, Wordle. You ever heard of Wordle? Yeah, I, I, I've been I playing it over Twitter. Yeah, I heard it. Jake, it. naturally, it's the latest craze, so. I oh, I know you're not. Well, I, I just want to know if you heard it. I'm like, I'm a beast at Wordle. I'm a beast I can, too. I can pull up the you, stats. You have an extensive vocabulary. I got like, 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 like Giannis going to the basket. Like you can't stop me getting it in three, four attempts. Like, love it. Have you ever missed one completely? There was, there's been one time that I missed it completely. I never had. Yeah. See, I was actually uh, distraught about it. I was had. distraught. I had just woken up. I was looking for something to do, and I was still out of it. I miss him a lot. It's like just I miss him a lot, missing though. an extra point. It, like, it was. So it's, it's one word per day, and you like. And you, you so you, and you get six tries. Right, you get six tries. You guess the letters, and it'll tell you if a letter is in the word, if it is in the right place. So you it's know. hangman. Um, in a way, kind, kind of, of. But you're guessing an entire if it's, word. If it's hangman, uh, we might have got. Not if it's hangman, it's not hangman. <laughs> It's Hegman to me. <laughs> and I'm going to go dominate this thing. But uh, what I have to say real quick at the buzzer, I actually have two things to say, but the, the first one's really quick. They actually do have the center around the, the James Harden and Ben Simmons trade. The first thing really quick what I want to say is mental health is real. Mental health is real in athletes. It's real in men. And I don't think it's fair, and I think it's just as disgusting, to pretend to be an advocate on mental health and use it as a way to bash Ben Simmons. I see a lot of people in the media, a lot of people talking on Twitter, on Instagram, where have you, where I've never seen you like or heard you speak up for mental health before, never heard you be an advocate. But all of a sudden now, you want to use it as a way that Ben Simmons lied to the Sixers and stuff. There are plenty of reasons to bash Ben Simmons and what he did with the Sixers without touching his mental health. So I don't, I don't think... We need to speak on it. The, the second thing and the, the main thing I want to focus on is I don't understand how Ben Simmons has become the darling of the media and James Harden has become the bad guy. He doesn't wear the red, white, and blue. They don't have a reason. It's not part of the narrative <laughs> No, no. Anymore. That's the first time I've ever actually seen it happen. Yeah, I thought you guys were really just crazy. But as soon as Ben Simmons got away until Brooklyn, all of a sudden – He's the extremely good player and the blessing for the Nets. And now all of a sudden, James Harden was rolling his eyes in the huddle when they were calling plays for KD. And he was, who rolls their eyes when KD gets a play called for him? That's Kevin Durant. Of course he gets a play called for him. Like, and they played together in Oklahoma City. I don't, I don't, I don't, so, so, so now all of a sudden that James Harden being the scapegoat, being the bad guy, let's not forget national media, Sixers media. Like, don't let it fool you. Let's not forget the the – crybaby circus that Ben Simmons pulled to get out of the Sixers. Let's not forget that Philly was James Harden's first destination to begin with. He gave the Nets a try, but I don't blame him for being like, man, I knew Kyrie wasn't going to be able to play. You know, I knew he was going to I'm is, going to Philly. My favorite is, well, you know James Harden's come up short in the playoffs. Like, have you looked at Ben Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> he gets farther than Ben Simmons. Well, yeah, he might go short, but it's farther than Ben and Simmons. No, hey, like, look, we love Chris Paul here, but if Chris Paul stays healthy, they beat the best team of all time in the playoffs. They beat the best team of all time in the playoffs. James Harden goes to the finals. Uh, but I that that's this is this is a great stride. You no, know? no, it's it's it was alarming. It was no, it's he's, crazy. He's, over none. I know where you're going with this. He's been giving me like spurts of this all week. Like James is about to start rooting for the Sixers low key a little bit. <laughs> I see it. It's, no, it's I've been trying to get him on board for years. And I I, I was the the Harden like trade. I, you saw how excited I was for that trade. I think that's gonna be the best duo in the league. I hate, hate, hate the fact that Ben Simmons gets let off like coddled and easy for what he did. I saw it firsthand. The cycle begins. Wait to till Embiid plays against this man on the court. Embiid is going. Whoa, to whoa. That, that, I don't, we don't have to get into a larger discussion, but that was just my at the buzzer. It's like, I see it, y'all. I've never seen it before, and, and I see it now. And it was very alarming. But that's it for this episode of Straight Facts. This was a really good one, man. I really enjoyed this one. I hope y'all did, too. Shout out to everybody out there listening. Shout out to Up On Game and everybody associated with it. But for my guys, Jake Galley, Kyle Sheeran, and Stan I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm Jake Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. For whoever wants to say it. <laughs>